First held in 1970 and recently reaching its 50th year anniversary, Earth Day is an annual holiday held to demonstrate support for environmental protection and celebrate life on our planet, with over a billion people participating in related events worldwide. This holiday has been extended to encompass all of April in what has been aptly named Earth Month. In celebration of Earth Month, there have been a series of news stories airing throughout the week focusing on how Indiana is likely to be affected by climate change. Researchers have rigorously studied what India's future will entail, and these stories have covered the likely outcomes and provided some specific context. This is the fifth and final episode of the series, based around an interview with Jesse Carbonda, the executive director of the Hoosier Environmental Council, an organization that supports sustainable farming, modernizing transportation, a transition to greener energy, and protecting the health of Hoosiers. The interview was conducted by former WFHB environmental news correspondent Ryan Fields, who has generously provided the content of his conversation with the executive director, and it has been adapted for this story. Speaking out about climate change, a climate action event held at the Indiana State House today. More than 100 members of the group confront the climate crisis, gathered to discuss the importance of taking care of the planet. It's centered around support for two pieces of legislation that are sponsored by Republican State Senator Ron Alting. One is a resolution to acknowledge the problem of climate change. The other would create a climate and environmental justice task force. Senator Alting says he proposed the legislation because of what he's seen happen to the environment during his own lifetime. For many Hoosiers, there is a sense of urgency. Over the last few decades, the effects of climate change have been forewarned, and some areas of the state have already begun to take notice. Farmers have indicated that there has been a change in seasonal weather patterns impacting the crop yields and altering the timing of planting and harvesting. Bloomington residents have experienced once-in-a-century floods, and all Hoosiers have faced the hot summers that have become more frequent. Many residents have started to take action. Earlier this year, students from every region of the state met with Republican State Senator Ron Alting in support of his bill to tackle climate change issues in Indiana. Despite the support, the state government has not indicated that they will hear the legislation, and supporters believe that Indiana has not properly understood the threat to the environment, economy, and the health of Hoosiers that climate change can pose. Despite this, there are many environmental groups across the state who hope to change the trajectory of Indiana by changing the perspectives of Hoosiers and providing an understanding about climate change. This would generate support for proper responses and actions that could protect the state. One such group is the Hoosier Environmental Council. For 39 years, the Hoosier Environmental Council has been hard at work advocating for Indiana to become a, quote, better place to live, breathe, work, and play, unquote. The organization hopes to encourage Hoosiers to become more environmentally conscious and understand the possible climate solutions and pathways forward that Indiana could take. Executive Director Jesse Carbonda has, throughout his career, been passionate about expanding the tent of people who are concerned about the environment and climate. One such method of doing so is reaching out to people who otherwise may be apathetic to environmental issues. Mr. Carbonda explains why three communities, the faith, public health, and business, are a priority for the outreach of the Hoosier Environmental Council. Priorities over the last several years have been the faith community, the public health community, and the business community. And it's not to say that any of those three wouldn't be aware of environmental issues. We're certainly making a very intentional effort to engage all those three constituencies. And so, you know, the majority of Hoosiers are people of faith, and these belief systems are always leading them to the conclusion that um, they need to be better environmental stewards. And our aim is to really, again, make these uh, 
congregations more aware that there are here and now all the policy solutions that can take place in the, in the General Assembly to meet their needs, to, to speak to their needs. Uh, likewise, for the business community, you know, we're very much wanting to lift up those businesses that are adopting really good sustainability practices. It might be a solar company that's homegrown here in Indiana and that's employing people in kind of an underinvested part of the state, or it could be uh, you know, a company that uh, is in the business of community support to agriculture and that wants to foster grown organic agriculture. So that's another dimension of what we're trying to do. With the public health community, you know, there's a very clear link between climate change and public health as temperatures increase in our state and across the, the country and globe. Uh, it's going to mean more heat waves. And that's, of course, an area that public health professionals care about because they have solutions about how to protect people, um, the elderly and other vulnerable people from heat waves. Uh, you think about the fact that climate change is going to lead to shorter winters, which is going to lead to more infectious diseases like Lyme disease. So those are the reasons, those are the constituencies that we really prioritize, and those are the messages we really focused on. The Hoosier Environmental Council hopes that through these efforts of connecting with communities, more people will be supportive of environmental actions across the state. Another such method is through reaching across the aisle to people who share different political beliefs than oneself. This has been done by Republican State Senator Ron Olting, who worked with Democratic State Representative Carrie Hamilton in the State House to create the aforementioned climate bills. While these efforts are an uphill battle and have yet to be considered, their bipartisanship is admirable. Mr. Carbonda details the work done by the Hoosier Environmental Council to find common ground in support of the environment. I think our approach at the Hoosier Environmental Council is to build bridges. And so what, what ends up happening is that uh, there's definitely a good portion of lawmakers who trust our knowledge and our experience and with whom we have built long-time relationships who are influenced by our thinking. And there's another portion of people who are extremely skeptical, I think, not because they know us, but because they don't know us. And it turns out that even people who can be polar opposite to us on one issue could be supportive of us on another issue. And so we have to keep having dialogue with everybody because you never know where you can find that common ground. I'd love to bring up that there's a very, very conservative lawmaker in our state who have a creationist view as opposed to a view that's grounded in Darwinian evolutionary thinking. This, this lawmaker, you would think, wouldn't find any common ground with us, but ended up backing a renewable energy bill. We always have to learn the very most that we can about the lawmaker, and then eventually um, we can figure out some area where we can work together. When it comes to climate change and the threat it poses, there is a need for all Hoosiers and all Americans to work together to address the common battles we will all face. Climate change will impact everyone, no matter the political background or economic class. However, there are groups of people out there who actively seek to influence politics in a manner that environmental issues are never properly addressed. Mr. Carbada has firsthand experience in facing up against the people and organizations who have this power and provides insight as to where the power lies. I would say that the top two challenges we face are that large economic special interests have an undue grip on the legislature and that there's a portion of lawmakers who are very rigid in their belief systems, and it doesn't matter whatever science or economic arguments you use, they are wedded to their ideological thinking. The power sector, the electrical utility lobby, the agribusiness lobby, and the developer lobby, those three businesses exert undue influence 
we believe in the legislature, and that, I think, is to the detriment of our air and land and water quality. Despite the politics at play, there are efforts being made to improve the environmental conditions of the state. One of the methods that could help prevent the worst effects of climate change worldwide is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. These pollutants, including carbon dioxide and methane, will continue to warm the planet the more prevalent they become in the atmosphere. Carbon dioxide, or CO2, accounts for about 80% of all the greenhouse gas emissions coming from the United States. The largest sources of carbon dioxide come from transportation, mainly through the use of gas cars as well as the burning of fossil fuels to generate electricity. Mr. Carbonda discusses the efforts of the Hoosier Environmental Council to generate public support for more renewable and cleaner forms of energy. You know, one piece of responding to climate change is helping to bring about reductions in past gas emissions in the state. And the three biggest opportunities we see cut emissions in our state are in solar energy, electric vehicles, and mass transit. The long-term goal for rooftop solar is to make it more affordable and accessible uh, by the uh, extension of net metering, which is a policy that's going to phase out next year in Indiana. Policy area that we want to work on is uh, electric vehicles. How do we make electric vehicles not only accessible to the wealth to everyday people, and is there, how do we get electric vehicles in places that can make a real difference in air quality? So, for example, Indiana has these pockets of what we call environmental injustice hotspots, areas where people have an undue burden of pollution. They, they just face too much pollution. And if we can deploy electric vehicles in those communities, we will help to reduce pollution there. So, for example, if there is a dump truck moving through that community that is spewing diesel exhaust, it's obviously not going to help with air quality in that local community. And so the idea would be to try to provide an incentive to replace the old diesel dump truck with an electric power dump truck. That's kind of a second policy area of cutting greenhouse gas emissions that we want to see happen. A third area is mass transit. Indianapolis passed a referendum a few years ago, uh, which is leading to a significant expansion of mass transit. But there's a faction of the Indiana General Assembly that wants to cut funding for this central Indiana mass transit expansion. And there's a necessity to fight back and try to defeat those bills so that mass transit can have the chance to truly succeed in Indianapolis. And if it does, then it will really inspire other communities to do something similar. Besides reducing greenhouse gas emissions through a conversion to more renewable energy sources, general environmental advocacy could help improve the current situation that Indiana finds itself in. The Hoosier Environmental Council wants to use nature to help the state fight climate change. For example, the protection of wetlands is necessary to prevent flooding, as these areas along the state's rivers act as a sponge, and the area is less likely to flood. There is also a movement to remove the coal ash ponds across the state that can lead to pollutants entering our state's waterways. Mr. Carbonda advocates for these policy positions and climate adaptations. Climate adaptation side as far as long-term priorities for ADC. One of them is to reverse what happened when SB 289 was passed. 289 is, is a bill that really weakens wetlands protections in Indiana. And wetlands are really important, especially in the context of climate change. Wetlands are incredibly good sponges that can help to essentially absorb a lot of flood water in the event of a massive rain event. But the problem is that S-89 significantly weakens protections for a wetland. Another public policy that we want to see with respect to climate adaptation is related to the fact that we have a lot of coal ash waste pits and a lot of factory farm waste pits 
that are in floodplains. And if there's a severe flooding event, those waste pits could break up and spew a ton of pollutants into our rivers and streams. And so we've got to enact public policy in our state that relocates these waste pits away from floodplains so that we protect our rivers and we also protect the groundwater that is oftentimes very near these rivers. When it comes to Indiana and the resulting effects of climate change, there is a sense that unity and support is needed between all Hoosiers to address the crisis that will impact all of us. Work done through organizations such as the Hoosier Environmental Council seek to find common ground between both the citizens and policymakers to find common solutions to this statewide and global problem. Similarly, there are current trends that are leaning towards a more renewable future, with cleaner energy and vehicles gaining more and more support across the state. Boosting the natural environment of Indiana has been shown to protect us from the effects of climate change and advocacy is needed to ensure that the protections are enshrined into law for the future. Being knowledgeable about the Hoosier Environmental Council and actions being taken to both mitigate and respond to the climate crisis is an effective tool to convey the reasons why sustainable and achievable adjustments should be made to become more environmentally friendly and prepare the state for climate change. This is the last episode of WFHP Community Radio's multi-part series, Climate Change in Indiana. Thanks to Professor Kravitz, Professor Yoder, Professor Kirkpatrick, and Mr. Carbanda for enthusiastically being a part of this project. While Indiana will face many challenges in the future, the state is making progress to be ready for whatever is to come. For WFHB, I'm Nathaniel Weinsapfel.